I'm like, is that car behind us? Like behind us, behind us. He's like, yeah. I go, did it just stop? He's like, yeah. And he, he's, so Aaron's getting mad. So he gets out and he walks over there and I can hear the whole conversation. You know, he's like oh, 15 yards from us, this car. And, uh, he's like, uh, he says the property owners, are you so-and-so the property owner's name? Who the guy, mm-hmm. this guy that we lease it from, he just bought, he just closed in January on okay. the piece. And, uh, Aaron's like, no, uh, I'm Aaron. He's like, oh, so-and-so told me I could be here. I could cut wood here. And, uh, really? hey, so Aaron's like, you can't be here. And, and you know, you don't, you don't have permission to be here and we were hunting here. We're going to be hunting here every day. You know, you can't be in here. And he's like, oh, I was in here last night, uh, uh, cutting wood. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold American to the core. Oh, hey. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. We were uh, watching a turkey hunt. I forgot what turkey hunting looked like. Yeah, well, we're not good enough. So we, have <laughs> we, to, we had to resort to watching Mark live on Facebook. He's live again with Coondog. These have been really fun to watch so far. It's cool to see what their strategies are, what their tactics are. And it looks like like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, those guys chasing down turkeys. It, <laughs> it makes They make turkey hunting look so easy. They definitely do. It's a, it's a, it's an art. You know, and it's interesting. You know, we should probably intro 100% Wild Podcast. That's right. That's what this is. You're episode. Tim. Yeah, Tim Chelsvik. You're I, Matt Drury. I am. It's episode 207. We're talking turkeys today. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I've been catching a little bit of heat lately from, you know, from a certain group of people, not only online, but then in our email inbox from the website. And they're just like, man, you guys can't kill turkeys without decoys. It's like, man, you know, Mark and Terry have been hunting turkeys since the 70s, you know, late 70s, early 80s, I'd say. Mm -hmm. They've killed it turkeys in every way shape or form that's legally possible you you know what i mean that they don't really have anything to prove to anybody and just yesterday i had this guy he was emailing us and he was just harping on the fact that we're not real hunters because we're using decoys if you need some of us aren't real hunters (laughs) (laughs) mark and terry mark and terry they aren't especially (laughs) yeah i mean come on so you know i just i respectfully replied like hey you know you check out some of our library in deercast you know Turkey hunting is how we got our start. King of the Spring, Sound of the Spring, Longbeards of the Spring, all these titles, Longbeard Madness. You know, there's 20-something titles of Longbeard Madness. Like, Mm -hmm. all that's in the DoD TV library and DeerCast. And they've used every – these are some of the pioneers of turkey hunting as it's known today. Yeah. You know, and that's not tooting their horn. They They were in the industry as it was in its infant stage, and they've developed along with it. And, you know, I told the guy, it's like, hey, you know, we are partnered with Avian and they they're title sponsors of the show, the Avian X Turkey Tour. So, of course, we are using a lot of decoys. But, you know, realistically, these guys can kill a turkey. Mark can call a turkey across a river. He, he could call across a Rio Grande if he wanted to. I mean, the guy is unbelievably talented. Yeah, not to mention his his wins on the calling circuit. 
and the natural voice calling uh, uh, competitions that he's won. Like he doesn't even need a call and yeah. he can call them in. So, you know, I just, I, it's funny when I, when I get that kind of feedback and there's a, there's a Instagram, you know, one of those hater pages that's been all over us. Not, not only for making bad calls, but for not being able to kill a turkey without a decoy. And it's like, ah, come on, man. Like, can you hear the same thing? Can you hear what I'm hearing? Like when these guys are calling, when you have Paul Butsky and a coon dog's a great caller and heck Wade forced, you know, Perry, they're all good callers. These guys are hunting literally every mm-hmm. day for like, two months, you know, across several States. Like these guys have honed their craft. Hey, if it was them talking about you or I, okay, I get it. I could take, <laughs> yes. take the crap. Like we're not great it's turkey accurate. hunters. Uh-huh. Totally accurate. But come on, these guys out there doing it, they're at another level that, you know, and I'm sure they don't even know that we're getting this, this kind of crap. I don't pass it along to them, but sure. It's like, come on, different level. Yeah. It, it just like, and I find myself being crappy about, about other people and people kill bigger deer than I do. Like, it's just kind of human nature to like try to find faults with someone to set yourself up here. And we're just, uh, as great as people can be, we can also be pretty crappy. Well, that's the weird part. It's like, what's wrong with us? I mean, like as hunters, our, our faction, our group, like we're supposed to be you know, I get it. Like, Hey, if somebody's out there and they're doing something that's harming the, you know, what we all love and like, they're a mm-hmm. bad representation. Yeah. Th- I, I that's get a it. slam dunk. C- call them out. You know, like we should band together, but you know, that this stuff, Oh, here's this long beard. He's finally popping hey, out. We're, do, we're trying to do something <laughs> here. I'm Matt. still watching this live. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm watch a show that's actually entertaining. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I just, I don't know. I had to start with that. That's kind of my, uh, my gripe for the day. It's well, like, it's interesting you bring that up because I've been doing some some reflection on a situation I have with a buddy who has uh, who who I've invited onto some of my properties has began hunting them without me hmm. kind of made a relationship with the owners and then started bringing his friends out oh, there great <laughs> um, and you know as I listen to some of these these um, these original guys. Uh, that like, especially when we had Michael Waddell on a few episodes ago, talking about how important the people are, like the hunting is important. Obviously we're passionate about that, but don't let the hunting destroy what's really important. And that's people. Yeah. The friendships, the the relationships that you have with these people. And, uh, and, and, you know, there's still some accountability that has to be had in my particular situation. I think I need to take a few steps down, like emotionally about, about my scenario because I don't want to lose this guy as, as a friend or, or burn a bridge there over a deer. Hard to do though when spots are hard to come by mm-hmm. and you're in a situation where, oh, coon dog just shot it. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. He's doing the stink. Pow, baby, pow. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, so, anyhow, better mute this. <laughs> So, got a show within a show. Yeah. So anyways, it's, it's a, you're in a difficult spot because, uh, you know, like you, you you're out there grinding, trying to find a spot to hunt to begin with. Mm-hmm. So when you find one and a lot of it's knocking on doors or friendships or, you know, you, it's permission hunting it's not necessarily a lease where you have a yeah, contract. Yeah. owe me and, nothing. Yeah. So I, I could see where there's an emotional aspect to that. And you're like, man, I worked so hard to get this spot. I, you know, I invite a friend and that that's part of the overall issue one of the issues that our hunting community has right like finding a spot you want to keep it to yourself 
okay, you, you didn't do that. You invited a buddy cause he didn't have a spot. Mm-hmm. And then now he's hunting with other friends on your spot. Like that's, that, that's why people don't want other people on yeah. their spot. <laughs> yeah. There, <laughs> there's not a whole lot in it for me <laughs> in, in that case. Although, although one year he did, he did scout a deer kind of by accident. He saw a, a big deer and he actually doesn't like to shoot big bucks. He just likes to have a little meat for his freezer. So there's no competition as far as that goes. But he did say like, I saw a really nice 10 out here one, and I went out and hunted it the next day and killed that deer. So you know, it, it, it's nice. And he has been a help and he's, he's a great friend and been a great mentor to me over the years. Um, and <laughs> there's also the aspect of like, respect my wishes because I did spell out, spell out to him, like, please don't go out there and hunt during this time. And then when I do kill or after this particular time, it's okay to go out there, but try to stay away from this area. And just like it, it, I, a part of me thinks he just still doesn't understand part of why I'm doing this is for my job. Like yeah. this is part of my credibility as someone that's in the outdoor industry and I need as much credibility as I can possibly get. Going to need more. <laughs> right. <laughs> and my friends aren't always helping in, in that way. So, so we're not always helping ourselves. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Um, we've had some close calls on Turkey so far this year, but, but again, I'm archery hunting them. So yeah. I know that's, that's fraught shame. with shame, shame and it's fraught with difficult excess difficulty. Yeah. Well, Hey, listen, it's been, a. I, I know you've gone out a decent amount. I've only gone out opening day at, at dad's farm with cam. And then one other mid morning to a lease here that I just picked up mm-hmm. not far from the studio and hunted like three hours, you know, that day. So that's it. I can't, I really don't have any complaints. I haven't put in the effort sure. yet and it's just a lot going on. So I haven't had a chance to, so hopefully uh, we'll, both be able to get out and find some success here in the next few days. And with it warming up and getting sunnier, I just think we'll we'll hear more gobbling and it makes it a little easier. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny because watching those lives, like I've really enjoyed watching all the lives that Mark and and the crew has done on the Drew Alters Facebook page. But then finally I got, I've watched one the other day. It was forced had just four long beards coming in. He was, they were, I think they were up in Iowa and man, they're just slowly working in. They all gobble at the same time. You know, it's all on camera. And finally I told Mark and Terry go that, that was the best live I've seen yet. And I go, and it's the first time I've got FOMO fear of missing yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, man, that for me, I really like, it was, it got me my heart pumping. And that's the fun part of watching the lives. The not fun part of it is like the envy. (laughs) It's like, no doubt, no doubt. I wish I was up in camp and it's not that I couldn't be, they, they'd say, Hey, come on. It's just that personal reasons. I don't go up there. I take the kids to school in the morning. You know, Mm -hmm. you and I are in the same boat in that regard. Young families, I try to stick around and, and save up some of that lost time uh-huh, for the fall. For the fall. Yeah, because <laughs> so. there's been a few mornings where I've got out before I've come into work yeah. hunting locally. But even then, like my wife has to run the morning show by herself. And yeah. like one day my son got in the car without a jacket on and without his lunch. And it really disrupts things. So I try to be very strategic in the time I spend It's away. interesting because as, if I look back and, you know, when I was growing up and dad, I, dad was never around for those like, it was always, mm. the mom was always there for our generation and yeah. beyond, obviously. And it's just, things are changed so much. 
you know, it's, it's spread. The responsibility of running the household and bringing in income is completely spread. Yeah. Out yeah. Both parents are typically a lot of times, both parents are working and both parents are trying to, you know, to share duties and getting the kids yeah. where they need to be or do what they got to do at home. And it just, I don't know, man, I always think back and, and I can't imagine how hard it was for a mom back when we were growing up because dad was not around. He was hunting. I mean, mm -hmm. you know what? And when he wasn't hunting, I mean, he was, you know, he has a construction company. Yeah. He was building these companies. He was gone all the time working for us. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, you put it in perspective, but it's a different time now. And I don't think, uh, I don't think a marriage <laughs> holds up quite like it used to. If you're not, if you're doing those things now. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, and back then there wasn't like, there wasn't social media to where moms could commiserate like, and, and like, <laughs> and see like, Oh, I'm not the only one that's really struggling with this. And this isn't the only one this is hard for now. At least there's, there's at least a little bit of a network out there for people to connect. Misery loves company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause when you feel like you're alone, it's such an isolating feeling. Probably doesn't help one with social media when the dad is out and he's putting all of his turkey <laughs> hunting and deer hunting exploits on Instagram stories. <laughs> and and it, oh, I see you were having fun. <laughs> it looks it looks like fun, but I mean, I don't know about you, but a lot of times my hunting is not fun. It's most of the time. <laughs> drudgery. Like I so I was out Sunday morning and um called and called till about nine o'clock. I didn't hear a single gobble, nothing going on. So I thought, well, I'm going to go out and kind of the, the, the farm where I was hunting is kind of broken up into different pastures with tree lines separating them. So I sometimes like to sneak down through the tree line to peek out into these big, long pastures and see if there's anything out there strutting. I didn't see anything. And it just struck me. It's like fishing in a lake where there's no fish. You can call and call, but if there's no bird within a mile of you, it doesn't matter. And if they don't gobble, you have no idea where they're at. I mean, yeah. that's when turkey hunting isn't fun when they're not gobbling or replying oh. or you didn't get them on the roost to know where they're at. Generally speaking, it's like, man, it's a shot in the door. It's a needle in a haystack. Mm -hmm. So you find yourself just sitting somewhere and waiting and like deer hunting turkeys is not a fun thing. In my opinion, like I, I got a lot of stuff I could be doing and sitting there with <laughs> my thumb up my butt isn't one of them. I mean, but for some people, that's what they love about hunting because it is just time away. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I have a hard time sitting still like that and, and knowing that I, I got a billion other, other stuff things that, that we could be doing. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Saturday I sat in the rain the entire, it was in a blind, yeah. but I was still in the rain. I saw a flock of hens come in. I literally forgot what a turkey looked like until they showed up. <laughs> ah, and at this is. point I've kind of forgotten what a gobble sounds like that yeah. my first day opening I day. Whoa. I didn't see anything just struck me. It's like fishing in a lake, but there's no fish you can Whoa! <laughs> the Siri, ghost in the machine. Siri just jumped in, and jeez, we didn't ask for her we have input. A, we have a third host of the show. Yeah, creepy. Uh, but my my opening day, I had a bird gobbling right off the roost, and he gobbled all the way into forty three yards. It was awesome, and I thought, well, oh, it's going to be a good season. And I haven't heard much gobbling since. Yeah. It, it's just it's crazy how things can go so high and so low. I haven't seen a long beard yet this year. I oh, that's sad. A couple jakes, few hens, but that's uh -huh. it. Yeah. Would yeah. you shoot a Jake? No. Yeah. I have no desire to. I mean, I love eating turkey, but mm -hmm. I mean, there's so few long beards to begin with. I don't know. It's just something that, you know, I've, I'm 40 now. I've been hunting Ooh, since I was geez. probably, yeah, you no judging, Tim. You're older than me. It's hard telling. <laughs> no, you're getting pretty I, great. <laughs> I identify as someone who's 32. Ah, well, you know, I've been hunting since, I don't know, I was probably 10 or 11. I don't, I don't know how old, 12 maybe. I don't remember. But mm -hmm. my point is, 
I've never once thought about shooting a Jake because that was not something, especially back in the late eighties, early nineties, you, that would have been really frowned upon as the populations were trying to grow and increase. Mm, sure. and, you know what I mean? So I, I don't, I don't know. It's just not something to think about. I wouldn't look down on somebody mm-hmm. for, for doing it. Um, I just, it, I'd rather not shoot one. Sure. Hopefully there's more next year. And yeah, the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't care about age or any of that stuff. I just, I would just like to kill a long beard, yeah. you know, a mature, a mature bird. Yeah. So yeah, I hear, yeah. guess that is age. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> You're a trophy Turkey hunter. Discredited. Just exactly what <laughs> you, I just you said. Just talk yourself out of a lie. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> that was for me and me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you're comfortable with yourself. It's oh, yeah. important. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I I probably would shoot a Jake if it got down to like the last few days of season, especially since I'm archery hunting. Am I still, yeah, I still yeah. think like it's different a different level of difficulty. Exactly. In fact, that was the first bird I ever shot. The first bird I ever killed was with, was, was with my bow because I didn't grow up turkey hunting. We just didn't have them in the numbers yeah. uh, up, up in central Illinois, north central. Illinois where I grew up, no one I knew hunted turkeys like my dad, my my dad's friends. It just wasn't a thing. Um, But when I finally started hunting them back in the 2000s, I was bow hunting them. And the first morning I went out, I had a call, somehow mouth called a group of Jake's in. I've heard you mouth call. I'd be shocked. (laughs) They were desperate. (laughs) My bow's in my lap. I'm just sitting underneath the cedar tree and I'm like, ah, these Jake's are probably 15 yards and somehow I got to get my bow up. I was going to say, that's not stupid. I, I just said, I just set the Jake's down, or the decoys down, walk back and cr- got underneath the cedar tree on the fence line. Ah, you were hunting over a decoy. <laughs> here we go. Not a hunter. Can't even call. Yeah. Well, I couldn't, but these Jake's still show. I see, the, I still remember their heads bopping through the, the cedars as they were coming in. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is happening. I'm going to do this. And I rolled up onto my, kind of onto my knees and came to full draw. And they started, you know, bobbing their heads yeah. and looking at me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm at full, like, I'm thinking it's like yeah. metacognition the whole time. I'm at full draw and I, there's a turkey behind my pin there and I'm, I'm going to let it fly. And I, and I, and I did and I, I spined him and he just dropped <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. it was, you know, it's one of those things where, you, where you're thinking, Maybe, maybe this isn't as hard as people yeah, make it out to be. Big deal? It was a complete just gimme. Like, I, God decided not to poke me in the eye that morning yeah. and, uh, and, and gave me those birds been paying for it ever since. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the rest of my career has not been as great as that morning. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it, it is, it is such a weird, you just go from these high, this like feast or famine. There's just seems to be no in between. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah, man, I, I can remember back those first, like for whatever reason, when I first started hunting with dad, it took years of turkey hunting and years of deer hunting before I killed my first of either. Which I think is great. It, it, it Believe me, we worked for it. And there was always the caveat that we were trying to film and because those are the early days of the company. Yeah. I, I had never, I've never in my life, and I've said this before in the podcast, I've never gone hunting without a camera guy before. And I, so I don't know any other way. I just mm-hmm. don't. I'm sure Taylor. Well, she's gone a couple times here in the re, you know recent years without without filming it. But in general, we both grew up on camera mm-hmm. hunting. Well, it always added back in those days. The cameras were so big, and they had big tripods and the level of production. Even though looking back now, it looks like it was low grade. But back then, it was really high. You know, high quality stuff. Sure, they were trying to get the perfect setup and all that stuff, and it was uh, hindrance to the hunt. And so two things happened. One, we had a lot of opportunities that never 
came to fruition. And then two, mm -hmm. I grew up hating that camera because <laughs> I, I never yeah. could kill anything. I just yeah. like, it was always like, no, it's not a camera or no, it's, you know, happened too fast or, you know what I mean? There was always an excuse. And finally, the point of this is my, my first Turkey kill. So back, uh, this would have been probably, I'd say the early nineties and we were hunting in the St. Genevieve area where, where I grew up and, uh, where we, where we all grew up. And so we're hunting with Bill Carl, which was at the time he was my oldest sister, Kim. It was her boyfriend okay. for a long time. And, uh, he had a family farm and man, they had the most beautiful setup. And I, I can almost, I bet if I knew how to paint, I could paint a picture, you know, how hunters, you just remember just emblazoned in your mind. Exactly. Yeah. And it just had this beautiful bottom that was green and kind of a little, you know, a little Creek running through it. And, uh, always had a lot of turkeys, always had a lot of long beards and we could never get on them, never get on them. And finally, I'll never forget it because it was dad. It was Billy Carl and, and myself and, um, dad's finally like it was raining and we heard, we heard the turkeys or spotted them or something. And, and, and this is a different setup, but at the same farm. And finally dad's like, let's just say, screw it. Let's leave the camera back. Mm -hmm. it, which was an odd feeling. Even at that point I had hunted probably four or five years and it was, oh, the camera was always yeah. there. So we left the camera because it was raining. That was kind of the, okay. I was going to ask, you know, it was like back then there was, it was really like, you know, you had one camera, it was gigantic and better not get it wet, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's like, screw it. Let's just go and see what we can do. So we belly crawled a couple hundred yards on a fence line and set up and, you know, we killed, we killed my first Turkey. It was a, it was a man too. I mean, it was a, you know, like 28 pounds, Ooh. you know, 11, 12 inch beard. It was a big Turkey. We sure. got, got him mounted the whole, the whole uh, deal. But I just remember like, I have photos of that deer. We don't have any video of it. Mm -hmm. I have photos of that Turkey and it's soaking wet. You know, I'm in the back of dad's truck. We're in a garage. It was just, you know, a picture of, of me sitting in the back of his truck and, uh -huh. you know, the classic, you know, Hillbilly hero shot. Hill, picture, yeah. Exactly. And I'll never forget that moment, you know, and since then, a, a few years later, um, Billy passed away in a, a pretty tragic car accident right there near kind of mm. near the same area. And it was a sad deal. And, and he, we were a real close family friend, even after he and my sister were no longer dating, it was just a family, good, close yeah. family friend. And, uh, those are the kind of memories that you just never, that, that, like you said, you just don't forget them. I could paint the picture Oh yeah, and, and those types of things are just like, man, that's why you go back to your story of like, and what Michael Waddle was saying, why do you do it or why you love to do it? Mm -hmm. It's, it's those memories that you just, that, that are etched forever. And so as we try to pass it on, are you inviting your friend? You're hoping that he makes those memories. And then you got to kind of step back and say, all right, selfishly, this was my spot. You know, I hate that he's here and hunting it without mm -hmm. me with other friends, but Hey, maybe did we, did they make new memories, you know, and, and glass half full kind of side of yeah. it and, you know, a uh, pat on your back for, for introducing a spot for him to be able to do that maybe. Mm -hmm. So it's just another way to look at, kind of look at it, but man, those stories, those times back, that's, those are my fondest memories. I'd much rather turkey hunt than deer hunt. The shame of it all is I get less time to turkey hunt than deer hunt because it's sure. so short and 
life is what it is and you just don't have the time anymore, but man, that's, those are, that's why you do it. Right. hundred mm-hmm. percent. And and that's something else I've been thinking about this season is like, I would like to be a better Turkey hunter because, because I still feel <laughs> like, I still feel like I, I have, I at least have a concept, like a perspective of what makes deer do what they do. But when I had this and, and I realized like you get a bird that hangs up, you can throw everything, the kitchen sink at them and they're not going to come in. I keep thinking there's some trick or there, what would Mark do in this situation? He aggressively keep calling. It's <laughs> amazing. Like I always feel like it's like, man, he's calling a lot, but man, he draws those turkeys in. Yeah. And, and my buddy Chance Hollingshed, he's been turkey hunting his whole life. I've seen him turn a bird that was walking away yeah. and get him to come back. And, and I'm just like, well, I I didn't have all the, you know, the years of growing up around Turkey hunting to kind of watch and observe the season is so short. Like that's really what, cause I spent a ton of time deer hunting and I've been able to kind of create this understanding, but man, you just get such a small window to Turkey hunt. Now, like I have no, I have no handicaps that no one else doesn't have. It's just the time that I decide to put it. Yeah, it it's, it's all about you. It's all about where I want to invest my time. So it's yeah. no one else's fault, but my own, yeah. but I've, I've realized I've just not spent the time really focusing on them. And then I, it's frustrating in that moment of truth where it's like, I wish I had another move to put on this thing. Watching these lives and thinking, man, that's where the jealousy comes in. Like, man, I wish I could go out there, man. I wish I could be out there. And I kind of wonder if that's why we catch some flack sometimes. Most of it's positive, the feedback, but you get some little bit of hate here and there. And you wonder it, it may be something as simple as that jealousy of man, oh, 100%. I, you know, a guy that's working nonstop and doesn't get the time to go out and he just, or doesn't have a spot or name that reason, you know, why he can't go. Yeah. And there might be a little bit of a hint of jealousy there. And, and so you see it coming out in the form of kind of the crappy message on, on Facebook, but n- n- neither here nor there. It's just one of those things where I think we'd all, if we can get out there more and more, we, we would. And one of these days I'm going to regret, you know, now I'm 40. I can't believe 20, the last 20 years, how quickly it's gone by. Mm-hmm. It feels like I just got out of college. I've been here 17 years. And in 17 years, I I can't, I mean, I could probably count on a few hands how many times I've turkey hunted. That <laughs> so, you know, fortunate in the fact that a lot of times it's short and sweet because I've hunted with Mark or Terry. Yeah. You know, but then in the same token, I, I've we've talked about in great length on the podcast. I learned more like you deer hunting in the, in the last five or six years, because I've been on my own more Mm -hmm. in the last five or six years. So you can't figure it out until you do it on your own. It's like any, it's like in school, it's like in anything Mm -hmm. you got to put in your 10,000 hours and I haven't put them in yet for Turkey. Not nearly enough. I've been more or less on a guided hunt. And so it's like, all right, I can call. I know I can call mouth call. I got a lot of work to do, but you know, slate and and box call and and those types of things. I can figure all that out, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to get good enough to figure out how to kill these turkeys. Like, like I have finally, I've, felt like scratch the surface of knowing how to kill a deer, a deer yeah. until, you know, I'm going to the, uh, my own piece. And cause anytime I'm at dad's, I'm hunting with dad. Sure. I love those memories. Like it's always fun, but I'm not going to call when he's calling. <laughs> Nor would he let for, you. <laughs> for two reasons. One, he's better. Two, he would make fun of me. <laughs> right. A lot. <laughs> and he has. <laughs> so Th- that's one of the things I find interesting about you is that you have a desire to do it on your own. Like you're not resting on the family name. Cause I, cause I've seen you, like I've, I've watched you as you try to dial in your property 
properties. And it would be just as easy for you to say, dad, can I come up and, and hunt and, and, and kind of rely on that. But I can see like, you want to figure this out for you. Like you want this skill set and this knowledge base to be your own. I, I think about Mark and Terry and their skill set and when they got good at, so they they hunted obviously their whole lives, but they got proficient at what they did during their, their early mid nineties. And then with deer hunting in the two thousands, especially, mm-hmm. and it's the time they put into it. And so I thought, well, how old were they when they did the dad was in his thirties and forties and, and Mark in his twenties and thirties. And I think, okay, it's not too late, you know, cause mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm trying to compare myself to basically experts in their field, which isn't fair to anybody. And I think people get wrapped up in that at home as well. When you're watching this stuff on TV or on social media or that's don't, it's not fair to compare yourself or what you're killing. Mm-hmm. There is no comparison. These guys are at a different level because of the time and effort and money and you know, everything else yeah. that they put into it's, it. It's part of a business too. It's, it's a machine at this point. So I got to try to step back from that, but also know that it is our business. So it is twofold. It's one, yeah. I want to hone a craft Two financially speaking, there's reasons why I need to get better quicker. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And three, ultimately for the longevity of the company, I think of it in in those ways, like, all right, you know, Mark and Terry, you got a long life ahead of them, but they're not going to always do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I can't just, if the the day ever comes where they say, you know, I'm, I'm going to scale back a little bit. I can't just step into a role that I didn't earn. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I look at it. Like I better get, I better get good at these things before all of a sudden that day comes. And like yeah. I said, 20 years has just passed us. I better get good at these things or better at them before the day comes. And it's like all of a sudden your we, turn. Yeah, it's my turn. And so I, I do think about that kind of stuff a lot. And I, you know, I don't know if it's the right way to look at it or not, but that is how I perceive it. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think it is. And, and I was listening to the, the Michael Waddell, Tyler Jordan podcast. Yeah. And Tyler was echoing a lot of the same things yeah. that you're doing. Like, I, like I can't, I can't rely on my dad's legacy. I can't rely on his cachet to get me through life. Like I got to get this stuff figured out and I've got to perform. And I've, and in some cases the bar may be higher because I've got to prove to people that I'm not doing that. And you know, it's, it's interesting because Toxie's boys have grown up in the industry, you know, Bill's son, Tyler, Taylor. And, you know, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot you, it's kind of interesting to see because the industry is starting to age and that next generation's coming up. Yeah. And a lot of times it is a family as hunting Eva. is. It, yeah. Eva as hunting is, it's a family tradition. So naturally you see that next generation coming up mm-hmm. and you know, I look, I'm not, it's not beneath me to go to tats and, and have a great time and get a chance to shoot a deer. Mm-hmm. But sure. I, I learned, you know, I probably had the, epiphany a decade or so ago. It's like, eh, I'm going up here. I don't know what any of the deer, I, I don't know any of the pictures. I haven't done any of the homework. Like mm-hmm. I'm, he's saying, Hey, go there. That's great. But I'm not learning anything from this. Yeah. And he's always been generous uh, as any father would be to their son sure. and, and saying, Hey, come up, sit here. You know, that's great. But you know, they're putting in all the work for the food plots. And that's still like, that's an area I got a long way to learn. Mm -hmm. I haven't even scratched the surface and guy, you know, I've, 
I've got a group around me here locally that, that have put in the, the time and, you know, the Aaron Bennett's, the Scott, you know, the, the Chase. Trevor's, the Chase, mm-hmm. the whoever I, so I'm learning from them, but I still haven't put in the, the, the amount of work that it takes there. Yeah. Like I got to learn that aspect of it. And I but, look back to Mark and Terry and they learned, you know, they didn't have a farm until they were late, you know, probably about my age now. That's when mm-hmm. they got their first properties and that's when they started farming and, you know, their grand paws were farmers so okay you know what i mean they have i think they had that knowledge base somewhere tucked back in there but they mm-hmm. had to learn it on their own and i'm not like i'm just now starting to scratch that surface sure so it's just an evolution for everybody really uh, the key is you want to like like you i, I can tell you're legitimately interested in in the in these subjects and getting better and and There's increasing. A lot I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and just just that is is powerful. Just recognizing I don't I don't know everything. In fact, I don't know enough. Yeah. And if you always have that mindset, then you're always going to be learning and you're always going to be improving. I, I think as we age, the the trend is to just kind of go with what you got and you know, deal with it, but life is short and and you don't have to stop learning. You can keep, uh, keep your, your toolbox open for yeah. new stuff if you're willing to be open to it. Yeah. And you know, we live in the suburbs, right? I mean, there's no getting around that. I, I don't live in the mm-hmm. country. I don't have the access the same, you know, you can't just go out my back door and jump on a tractor and I'm, I'm telling up, you know, dirt. Yeah. I just, it's HOA just, is going to be all over you. you yeah. That. They'd be upset with me. So hell, I can't even have a Your garbage cans. Yeah. I get in trouble because my <laughs> garbage cans are on the side of my house instead of the back. I mean, it's, People are terrible. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, uh, but that's the life I chose to live. And I, I love the, my wife and I love the, um, convenience of the things mm-hmm. that living in the suburbs have provided us. And I like living in a neighborhood and my, it's a young neighborhood. All my kids, my kids have fun with all the kids yeah. around us. We live next to, you know, some family it's, it's, we've chose that path, but because of that, there's a trade-off. I'm going to have to, I've spent a lot of time in a truck mm-hmm. <laughs> in the last 20 years, yeah. whether it's just driving to the office or driving to a property. And, you know, as we're trying to find a piece to buy or, you know, whether it's 40 acres or 80 or whatever, it's like, man, the, the market's so crazy right now. You can't do that hardly. Like you could better have some money to, mm-hmm. to jump. So, Hey, okay. If you're going to do it, you got to go North. Well, that defeats the purpose because <laughs> I'm trying to stay close to home so I can be home at night yeah. and be there in the morning. Like, I don't know. It's just, uh, and it's hard to keep tabs on a property when it's three and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, it's hard to figure it out. Yeah. So anyways, it's the path we chose, but that the whole point going back to the Turkey side of it is we both have a lot to learn, but we're both willing to do it. And mm-hmm. that's the fun part of it. And we hope to have some good news for our <laughs> listeners and viewers was, before the end of season. I was hunting with Aaron the other day at this new lease and, uh, I was using my slate call and I was, you know, I thought I was sounding great. And he's like, uh, next time you shouldn't do it quite so long. I'm like, yep, still got a little to learn there. <laughs> like, okay. Mental note. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> sometimes they just come though. Like, I, I don't know if turkeys are not. curious <laughs> or what, but like sometimes you get that negative 
that negative uh, response from a turkey that they show up to terrible calling. Like, oh, maybe I'm not so bad. The sound was good. It was the length. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> Too much of it, apparently. <laughs> I mean, we had sat there for so long and hadn't seen a thing. I was like, man, it was brutal. We we went to this property. We hunted mid-morning because both of us had to take the kids to school in the morning. And uh-huh. so we get out there and we're sitting there. It's a new piece. And uh, we're sitting there. And the, it's interesting because this field, it's super long. And it's it's a decent size lease that we picked up. And most of it is a big, giant field, okay. like just gigantic with fingers coming off of it. And it's going to be, it should be a really good deer spot here in a, in a couple of years. And uh, just need some TLC. Mm-hmm. So it was pasture ground and it's been bailed and all that stuff. And I think the farmer just sprayed, he's going to start planting it in uh, beans. So anyways, we're sitting there in a ground blind and it's got a gravel road that, so the property has an easement on it that allows an older couple to get back to their property kind of in the mm-hmm. timber. And so you see, you see some traffic go through it, which okay. is the downside of the piece. The upside is it, it, it could be really great. Downside is you never know when somebody's going to drive through. Sure. So anyways, we're sitting there and Bennett, he's like, uh, man, I see uh, there's a car pulling up. And this had happened to him two days before where the old, older couple drove through a, Gobbler had stepped out, older couple drove through, gobbler disappeared. Mm. And so we had just seen a hen, and then here comes a car. And I'm like, crap, man. And it's, I don't know, probably 10, 10 30, something like that. And um, all of a sudden, the car kind of goes out of sight, and we hear it slowly driving. And then the way the seasonment works, you can continue to go on the gravel road into the timber, or you can then get off of it onto a two track, like, barely gravel road that's just on our property that we're leasing all of a sudden i'm like is that car behind us like behind us behind us he's like yeah i go did it just stop he's like yeah and he's so aaron's getting mad so he gets out and he walks over there and i can hear the whole conversation you know he's like 15 yards from us this car and uh he's like uh he says the property owners are you so-and-so the property owner's name who the guy Mm -hmm. this guy that we lease it from he just bought he just closed in january on the piece and uh Aaron's like, no, uh, I'm Aaron. He's like, oh, so-and-so told me I could be here. I could cut wood here. And, uh, really? he, so Aaron's like, you can't be here. And, and you know, you don't, you don't have permission to be here and we were hunting here. We're going to be hunting here every day. You know, you can't be in here. And he's like, oh, I was in here last night, uh, uh, cutting wood. There were logs everywhere. He was Great. right. The guy was yeah. in there. So no wonder we didn't see anything. <laughs> you know, he was in there at roost time. <laughs> and so, so then he says, um, man, I've killed a lot of turkeys where you're at right here. And we're like, oh. And so Aaron's like, look, you can't be here. I'm sorry. You know, you're going to have to talk to so-and-so, the landowner. Uh-huh. And so uh, Aaron texts the landowner as soon as he gets back into the blind. And the guy, and then landowner's like, no, I've never given him permission. Before I owned it, he had asked me. And I said, no, you'll have to talk to the landowner. I don't own it uh-huh. yet. And that in that guy's Jeez. mind gave him permission. That was like four months ago. And that guy so he was killing turkey this. No, y- I don't think he was on there this. Well, who knows? Who knows? 
But uh, so then upon like further review and asking the previous landowner, this guy, he, a lot of times he just walks this giant field edge and he calls turkeys until he's trolling. He, he, yeah. And he'll shoot one. And he's the local that everybody knows about or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's, this is, that was my first time hunting the piece. So then the landowner comes up at one and he stops by and says, hi. And we were talking about the property and where we're going to put, you know, our blinds and all mm-hmm. that for the fall. It's like, so you want your money back yet? I'm like, not yet. <laughs> Thinking about it. Let me tell you, that ain't going to happen again. You got to po- post the property, man. And, you know, so we're trying to figure out a way to kind of curtail that. But I got the same kind of guy that's hunting <laughs> one of my local that hunts on the periphery of one of my local properties, but Oftentimes he comes onto my side, he's shotgun hunting and doggone it Saturday. If I wasn't, I watch these hens go by and then at one Oh one, so one minute past legal shooting. Kapow. Yeah. Yeah. And I just hold it. Hold it. Exactly. <laughs> he could be rifle. I know. <laughs> this guy is, uh, he's called birds out from underneath me and shot him. Uh, so got him. That kind of person. <laughs> he's got a few of them. That kind of person is all over the place, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody deals with it, but uh, yeah. boy, it is, it is frustrating. And I thought, well, and then yesterday, so we didn't, Aaron hunted Saturday was a washout. He did elected not to hunt in the rain. And so did I. Smart. Sunday was so nice. I I'm like, man, I got some honeydews. I got to take care mm-hmm. of here at the house. So worked in the yard all day. He went, um, didn't have any luck, but he, he had a lot of, of birds that they were on. And then he didn't go Monday. I didn't go Monday. That was yesterday. And he sends me a, he had a cell uh, camera up, sends me a picture, 10, 15, two big old long beards walked right past where we were. <laughs> Crap. Perfect. <laughs> so a lot of birds there. We just, just got to put there. in the time and it's, That's it's the thing. an yeah. hour, hour and five minutes from my house. So like, it's just far enough that man, it would be like, going on a rut hunt. <laughs> He's early morning. That's an early morning to go before work and then try to function the rest of the day. So I, it's all desire. I like, I want to kill yeah. a turkey, but yeah. man, I'm going to have to want it a little bit more than I want it right I, now. I actually stayed in bed longer on Saturday morning because I heard it raining so hard yeah. and I was so tired because I hunted probably three mornings last week during the week. Mm. I'm like, I just, I need some sleep and it's raining like crazy. So I'm not going to be in a hurry. I'm getting old. In the meantime, I'm going to just keep watching Mark's lives on the (laughs) Jury Outdoors Facebook page. Hunting vicariously through Mark. All right. Um, So, uh, fair warning, this question of the day, we've had it maybe two other times in the past from other people. People keep asking this question. So... Are we qualified to answer it? I'm looking at it. I don't know that we're the guy. (laughs) Oh, we never said anything that these are the right answers. We just... We'll give answers. Okay. All right. Well, the question of the day is probably brought to you by Sportsman's Channel, the home of Winchester and Drury's Natural Born and a whole world of great outdoor shows. By the way, that's BT where dubs. all the turkey content that Mark films in the spring, mm-hmm. it ends up on Natural Born. So you get get a little taste of the turkey tour. I know that. I'm just saying for the audience, Tim. Oh, there are people listening. Mm. Well, maybe at this point, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve Porter, and I was curious if you guys had any tactics on hunting hend up turkeys during turkey season. Thank you for all the podcasts. They're great. Keep up the good work. 
Well, it's interesting because that Lisa was just talking about, they are hinned up. Like we, when I was there a few days ago, we did end up seeing a few turkeys. There were three Jakes. They were with two hens. Aaron, when he was out Sunday, he saw a bunch of long beards also with hens wouldn't yeah. reply to his calling. And we both kind of came to the conclusion that if we waited it out, they won't be with hens forever. <laughs> so that's, yeah, kind of wait thing. it out and they'll get off, you know, move on to the next thing and try to get to them then that was our big plan now i'm sure there's other ways to get them to break free maybe if you i know like we've used that uh tom that turkey yeah. turkey tom or the avian the uh trophy tom trophy tom from avian x like mark put, put a real fan in that sucker and like he's had a ton of luck getting yeah getting a gobbler to pull off and basically want to come kick some butt um if they're hinned up i don't know if the Jake decoy works as well. I I don't know. That's I feel like it didn't work for me on Monday because yeah. that 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 gobbler that came in two months ago I should say he would not he saw the Jake and I, he just would stay at a distance. I've heard quite a bit of reports from the guys and the team that that wasn't working for them either early on in the word season. on the street word on the street W O S T street nope. <laughs> <laughs> But we're not here to spell things for people, right? <laughs> people don't come here for grammar and literacy help. They shouldn't, anyways. <laughs> um, you know, Ray I has has said like if if he can't get the gobblers talking, he'll challenge the hen. Sometimes the hen will get pissed off because there's you know another. So just like call, 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 cut her off. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've had that happen before and, and, it, and it works. I mean, you draw that hen in and, she, and in fact, the hen that the, the gobbler I had a close call with last week was just following a hen that was coming over to inspect our setup. So would you have in that instance, uh, what kind of hen decoy would you put out? If any, would you put out, say, a, a breeder? Would you put out a feeder? What? You know, wish I wish I knew. I all I had out was the the Jake and uh, I think a feeding hen. Yeah, and that you know at that point you're just stuck with what you have, <laughs> and obviously it didn't work. I mean, the hen came right through the setup and was kind of looking around yeah. and checking it out, but the gobbler wouldn't come any closer. He was at what range? Forty three yards. Man, that's a twelve gauge range. Four. That's a twenty gauge. Twenty five really. minutes. And and, there, and like on you. and I and I've been shooting really good with my bow out to forty yards. And I had whispered to my buddy Josiah in the blind. I was like, "He steps into forty yards, I'm going to shoot him." Well, I'm going to throw up. Couldn't stand it. I was like, pick something. I wanted to. I can't. I couldn't find it. I wanted to do this. That's what she said. Just like turkey hunting, we need to spend more time with the soundboard. I, believe me, I could spend a decade with this thing. Just and there's carried around so with you. many sounds on it that you. Got, I, I'm always looking around. I need like my hot button area of the three or four go tos, and yeah, and then the rest, like a row of farts or a row of like uh, quotes from movies. Did you ever think growing up that someday you would, uh, as part of your profession, yes. that you would say, I would like a row of farts? Yes. If you don't, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> what kind of life are you hoping to have? What kind of school are you in? <laughs> I, I got to have a row of farts, a row of people throwing up. <laughs> I mean, we're children. Listen, I may be 40 in age, but I'm. 15 in spirit. Yeah, I would give myself a solid 12-year-old grading. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the wildlife word this week. It's brought to you by Hunter Specialties, makers of the HS Strut DOD signature series of turkey calls. Final roost. How did turkeys 
Matt, stay locked on to a branch overnight while they roost. Is it A, a small chemically powered gyroscope in the brain? Is it that they pick resinous trees like a pine tree or a cedar tree <laughs> with sticky sap Come on their B. limbs? I don't quit reading. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is done. Is it C, a tendon that locks down as the turkey squats? Or D, they never actually fall asleep? I'm going to have to go with C. Ding, 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 ding. You are a winner. You win a Nomad t-shirt. But y'all don't say that. Okay. You don't have a Nomad t-shirt to give away. You're wearing it. Oh, wait. Congratulations, big boy. Ding, ding. All right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy because you look at a diagram of, of a turkey's legs and they literally, there's this mechanism. It's almost like a, like a plumber's wrench. Yeah. When you kind of get down on it, it bites one direction and gets tighter. It's the same kind of mechanism that when they hunch, then they kind of scrunch down like that, it locks that rear... It's a crescent wrench. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And it makes a world of sense. Like, that's that's incredible. I've wondered, like, why do they, why, how do they, like. I mean, it can be pretty windy and they yeah. just, they're just holding and on, it's a, it's a big bird, you know, 25 yeah. plus pounds. It catches a lot of wind up there. A little bitty tail legs. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's like me when I go to the gym. <laughs> Got to work on leg day, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks for calling me bro, though. Hey. Appreciate that. If we're talking gym talk, you got to go bro. <laughs> <laughs> gonna crush my protein. All that running that you've been doing, and it's gonna got them bird legs. <laughs> I worked See, on that. Told you it wasn't working. <laughs> I need to take more fitness advice from you. Well, obviously, duh. <laughs> As you were the worst of us. We had a fish fry last last week. Mister uh, stealing fish from the plate before they made their way Listen. in, and every time you'd come in, you'd be like. Darting your eyes were darting back and forth. Like, is anyone watching me? Knowing full well everyone was seeing you do it. It was not a secret. I didn't care for Justin's look my way every two minutes. I'm looking at you, Justin. Every time I went to grab some fish or some hush puppies or tin, (laughs) he was judging. But no one got burned. We had delicious crappie. No, the roof of my mouth. I'm still (laughs) serves you right. Yeah, I don't care. Like the dad in the Christmas story won't leave the turkey alone before it's it's done. So long since I've had a good fish fry, man, since basically last turkey season. So, well, I, I caught some sunfish here a few days ago and we deep fried them and they just were not as good as the crappie. Proving once again, crappie, crappie next to walleye, ultimate freshwater. It was fish. good. I'll tell you that. You know, the whole plan was we had this. We don't need to go into details <laughs> about the larger context. We were. I'm not going to name names, but there were four people <laughs> that could have killed a turkey and in preparation for this cookout. Not one person killed a turkey. So luckily Tim can fish and (laughs) luckily Alan can grill. And luckily there's a grocery store down the street and we went with other options. Yeah. We would not make it at a wild turkey cook off. (laughs) A lot of people that say I hunt for sustenance. It's like, well, help you. (laughs) I'd be screwed. (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. Well, um, should we tease the next show? Or should we leave it a surprise? No, we can. We can. I'm excited about it. So we've been, I, I don't know if any of you guys follow uh, Blood Origins on Instagram. I, I'm sure he's got a Facebook page too. I follow him on Instagram, uh, Robbie. But this guy is really interesting. Making some waves. Yeah, really interesting. And he's he takes an approach of um, 
conservation and issues that we face not only here domestic but abroad you know africa or uh, other countries issues that hunters and non-hunters basically the conflict between hunters and Uh non-hunters and um what happens because of these conflicts and he takes an approach it's a very educated he's a phd very educated guy and he takes a learned doctor that's right do we have that sound bite i don't think so we need to Alan, we need that. All right. Not in his head. We need that for next week. I'm going to roll with it. Roll farts, learn to die. (laughs) (laughs) So basically he's taken an approach of a very educated, um, um, I don't know the best way to put it, but basically is not an argument, right? It's, it's how can I help educate a non-hunter on the issues that we face as a society as a whole? Like, Hey, okay. Overcrowding, you know, population increasing from humans Mm -hmm. and the decline of natural habitat for animals. Where do these things converge? How do, how do the, does that conflict affect us and sure. why is there a need for the hunter uh, conservation, you know, um, plan that we have put in place here? Sure. It's, I mean, he's solutions focused, which yeah. is a rare thing. We got plenty of people that are throwing bombs and adding to the fire, but uh, Robbie seems to be actually coming with solutions. Yeah. Yeah. So I look forward to it. He's, uh, he's going to be over the t- top of my head. He might be, you might be able to match wits with him. We'll but see. I-, I love following him. He asked me to be on his, his podcast here this week. And, and I said, man, he's like, well, we throw rapid fire, throw issues at you. I'm like, I'm going to need those issues ahead of time. I go, reason why I follow you is to find out what's wrong. Or what I don't know. What do you think, Robbie, <laughs> what these issues are like, I mean, that's, he's shedding light on so many things that I have no idea, you know, were even happening. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you, you can't trust the news these days to give you the information you need. Like he's, that, that's the beauty of the internet and, and finding these people that go and dig for this, this mm, information sure. and present it in a way that anybody can latch onto it. So anyways, I look forward to it. I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, podcast. Yeah. So definitely tune in. And ch- if, if you're new to the show, sometimes we forget that new people are joining the show. We've got 207 episodes for people to listen to. So you can go back in the back catalog and listen to anything you want. And we're picking up steam, man. We're gaining. We're gaining steam. So tell your friends. If your friends like farts organized in a row, we're going to get there. It's one of my favorites. Catastrophic is... There's one you seem to shy away from. (laughs) And I'm not sure why. You can hear somebody laughing on that clip. I think it's me. Yeah, because <laughs> you're ruined. Laugh. <laughs> because you realize you've ruined this young man's life. Scott is your he's, faithful camera guy. He's not that young. He's he's younger. <laughs> he does a great job. He does. And he sits in a box blind with you. And then all that protein, bro. Satan comes out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and all you can do is giggle. A lot of protein and overly dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, living my best life. <laughs> Man, that's the downfall of every camera guy is having to hunt out of a box blind that's basically yeah, soundproof. Yeah, that's... Uh, Thanks, Muddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
want some ozone indoors. Ooh, we better move on. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for um, after that serious plug for Rocky. <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> good. Good point. All right. So tune in next week. It'll be a serious show. We promise. Maybe we'll have a turkey to kill. A turkey kill the report. Maybe. And uh, we'll go from there. Could go either way. I did talk about going back up to dad. So, after so yeah, that whole thing where I said, I need to learn how to do it on myself. Well, dad? season's about to end and Maddie likes some turkey breasts. So I don't know what you're doing this weekend, but thought it'd be cool to come up and see you. Oh, I've already asked. Bring your grandson. <laughs> no, no. He's staying at home. It's time to kill a turkey. It's time to get serious. We can't pull him out of school twice, Tim. <laughs> Arbitrary rules. All right. Until next time. Sorry. <laughs> Hope you have better luck than us. Peace out. That was a quality podcast. Oh, yeah. DeerCast is giving you the chance to hunt with Mark and Terry Drury. Head over to DeerCast.com to enter.